0: Welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy. I am here today with Amy Oztan of Amy Ever After. Hello. Hello. And Andrea Smith, technology guru extraordinaire.
1: Hello. Still here. (laughs) Still zooming. (laughs) Still zoom, zoom, zooming.
0: Uh, Today on the show, we figured we bet a lot of you are sitting at home thinking, what project can I tackle that I always thought I didn't have enough time for? (laughs) How about about photography? How about all those photos you have millions of sitting on your computer, which I still haven't done my daughter's bat mitzvah photo album, which is now officially... didn't they just um, turn 18? They just turned 18. So it's five okay. years ago. Sorry, Rebecca, <laughs> but my
1: son is 10 years older than your daughter's, and I still haven't done my son's bar mitzvah photo album. <laughs> so all right, awful. I think I might
0: have you
2: both beat because I have one page done of each of my kids' baby books. And oh, that's
0: too late. No, oh.
2: but it, but each one has its own shoebox with all the stuff in it. It's all waiting.
0: Just okay. leave it in the shoebox and label the shoebox. <laughs> It's It'll your be baby shoebox. Yeah, baby shoebox. <laughs> uh, so today on the show, we have an expert. We have Ant Pruitt on the show. He's a technology professional, turned photographer, videographer, content creator. He's the podcast host of Hands-On Photography. He's going to go through with us, first of all, how to take great pictures with your phone, since that is what most of us are doing, how to organize your pictures, how to like just start to take control. And you know what? taking pictures right now my sister is a media arts teacher and she actually had her students as a project start documenting like a day in the life in this like quarantine slash lockdown slash whatever stage you're in um because we might not be enjoying it right now but it probably will be interesting to look back on and so why not you're using your phone all the time anyway (laughs) um so we will be right back with ant to talk about everything photography we are back with Ant Pruitt. He is a technology professional turned photographer, videographer, and content creator. Hi, Ant. Thanks for joining us today.
3: Hello, Miss Rebecca. Appreciate you having me.
0: We have been wanting to do a photo show for so long. I, I think at least... Once a month, Andrea's like, "Can we have someone on to talk about photos? I have to organize my photos. I don't know what I'm doing with them." And Amy and I are like, "Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah." And then finally, and we never do, <laughs> we never do. <laughs> and you're so my are... perfect choice for this. Yeah.
3: Oh, thank you, Miss Andrea. I really do appreciate this. <laughs>
0: so we were so excited to have you on. I mean, I think you know people are obviously take more pictures than ever in history, and yet. Oh yeah none of us know how to organize them they kind of sit on our phone people just have thousands in, in like random clouds and different ways you got to help us like how do yeah, we... i
2: literally know somebody who takes pictures on an expensive camera and then when she wants to send a picture to somebody she takes a picture of the screen with her iphone and sends <laughs> that them...
3: <laughs> oh my goodness come on <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me that <laughs> <laughs>
1: Let's start. Let's start with the taking the picture part.
3: Well, nowadays, like you mentioned, the, the smartphone is just so much better now with the cameras. Um, I can remember, you know, many years ago, almost 10 years ago, at one point when the website Flickr.com, um, mm-hmm. the most popular camera on that website was the iPhone, not the fancy DSLRs that all the other professionals were using. Uh, so. Ever since then, the camera technology has just continued to get so much better. And the biggest thing is it's gotten easier for people to use them. You can literally just point and shoot and get a beautiful uh, image out of it. Uh, So, yeah, I I totally back the idea of using that smartphone because, number one, nine times out of ten, you already have it with you. Um, Even if you're just going to the bathroom, everybody takes their phone everywhere (laughs) they go for some reason. (laughs) So you have it with you, so just just use it. And then number two is because it's so simply easy with all of the automated tools built right in.
0: So let's say you're getting a new phone, and I think it's hard for people to know the difference between, you know, what the cameras are like on the different phones. They just kind of know if I get the newest version, the camera's better for some reason. And, and there are like five uh-huh. of them on the
2: back now. Right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. It, that's true.
0: What should people be looking for?
3: It can be a little bit confusing nowadays, um, but I'll just go ahead and be upfront. The top tier still stands to be Samsung, Apple, and Google. There are other people out there such as LG that make nice phones and nice camera, but nowadays you can't go wrong with those top three. And what you need to look for is, number one, is, is how how comfortable the the phone is going to feel in your hands. And then after that, Apple, Samsung, and Google, they're going to take care of pretty much everything else after that, when you click the button, because they're using so much AI. I know AI has been a crazy buzzword nowadays, but it really does work in photography now.
1: So when, when someone is looking to upgrade their iPhone, I know when I went to look for the iPhone 11, Um, and you have the choices of the pro or the max with the Samsung, you know, the the ones that have that extra camera, how important Mm -hmm. is it to have that extra camera? Is it depth of field? Is it more a wide angle? You know, what do they bring to you that if you just get a regular, you know, the regular thousand dollar camera Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) that you're getting extra? In my opinion, those extra lenses are overkill for most people. I I don't think they need all of those extra lenses and pay that additional premium pricing. Uh, Apple's telephoto and Samsung's latest telephoto lenses that allow you to see 100x zoom and things like that, that's a neat little gimmick. But if you need that much of a zoom on a smartphone, I, I don't recommend you shooting that way. I'd much rather you use your feet zoom and get a much better better image out of it because smartphones can only do so much from from a photography standpoint far as what the lens can handle it's just physics so trying to tell your smartphone to zoom in a mile away it's it's just not going to work just use your feet and zoom so i always tell people to make sure you just try to overlook all of the extra bells and whistles because the the main camera is a really good camera all on its own
0: And what about things like portrait mode? I mean, I think that was some... I think people always wonder how Mm -hmm. professional photographers get that sort of beautiful, you know, Mm -hmm. foreground focus with that blurry background. And that's kind Mm -hmm. of a portrait, isn't it? Don't know if people understand how to use it.
3: Uh Uh-huh. Now, I'm going to try not to get too technical on it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, portrait mode, when you look at it from, a uh, say, a DSLR standpoint... That means the lens that they have has a, what's called a wide open aperture. And what that's doing is it's allowing a lot more light to get to the camera. And when they snap the photo, it blurs out the background and gives you what's called a shallow depth of field because it's got so much additional light coming in. And it's just filling in the main subject right in front of you. The smartphones, they have the same technology built in from a hardware standpoint, just as these uh, DSLRs do with the fancy lenses. Uh, Smartphones are now having lenses with uh, aperture of like an F 2.8, which is really, really high, even though that number sounds like a low number, but it's a really, really high number rating and it's going to allow a lot more light than what they used to. So right out the gate, your smartphone is going to be able to shoot a shallow depth of field. The problem is, at least it's a problem in my opinion, is the portrait mode on these images, um, on these phones, the AI is trying to really, really enhance the shallow depth of field that's already given by your phone. So a lot of times you'll see people shoot in portrait mode and the ear is out of focus and mm. like a, one eye is out of focus. And that's <laughs> because that's the AI just trying to overwork the actual physics that's built into the phone already. So I tend to tell people to stay away from portrait mode on your camera, uh, on your smartphone, because it it already does it. You just have to sort of frame yourself properly and just tap and shoot, it'll do it.
2: And that's the same on my Android as Live Focus, right?
3: That's correct, same thing on Android.
2: Yeah, because I like to try to use that, but anything that isn't like flat in the front just then looks funny.
3: Mhm. And, and, and again, it's a credit to the developers out there that's trying to make this easier for everybody to go out there and just point and shoot. But again, uh, sometimes physics just wins. You know, it right. is what it is. <laughs>
1: and can you talk a little bit about framing? You mentioned just frame your shot. And I mean... For a lot of people, you know, they just hold the phone up and they take the shot, you know, because your kid's playing sports or you're doing something or or they're, they're doing something adorable. If you're really trying to take a good picture, you know, maybe a portrait without using the portrait mode, how do you frame the shot? What does that mean?
3: Framing the shot is essentially about as literal as you can get. Think of a picture frame and you put a picture in it. That frame, the border around it sort of gives your eye a certain focal point to look at. Um, and it's the same way when you're actually shooting, you want to try to, uh, stand in a certain area, stand at a certain angle, even get closer if you need to, and allow the actual camera to make the frame around you in camera, instead of, um, putting extra, uh, borders and things like that around it. Uh, A lot of times you can use cropping tools that are built into your phone to cut out a lot of distractions. And frame up what your subject is, uh, especially if you're shooting sports, if you're only focusing on your on your son out there or your daughter out there running down to the, the, the playing field, try to just totally focus solely on them and snap the shot. You have to be quick, of course, because kids move really fast <laughs> just snap the shot. And then when you're done, crop out all of the unnecessary distractions in that image that's going to create a much more pleasing frame. But if you can do it in camera, do it in camera first.
1: Now I have to ask a question because you talked about cropping and there's mm-hmm. so many pictures that I look at and I go, Oh, I'm going to crop that later. Oh, I'm going to fix that up later. And then they just sit there. <laughs> What's your method? Do you right away go? Do you, do you use the built-in tools? What kind of tools do you use to crop and enhance your photos? And and how quickly do you do that?
3: The built-in tools are really good now inside of uh, both iOS and Android. Um, I believe it's just called photos on both sides of the of the spectrum there. The built-in tools have a cropping feature right there where you can just drag and, and pinch and zoom and just hit OK, and it'll crop it for you. And my preference, um, I tend to wait uh, on doing any of my post-processing I like to shoot and, and when I get back home and relax in a different state of mind, if you will, that's when I do all of the post-processing. The only time that I'm sort of a run and gun kind of person is, uh, if I'm at a, like a special event, like say CES, and I need to get it out quickly. So yes, I'll snap it and go in and do the cropping right then on the phone as quick as I can and get it pushed up to the editors, uh, so they can submit it for posting.
0: So let's talk for a second about selfies.
3: (laughs) Oh, boy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because I think even though parents are taking a lot of pictures of their kids, Mm
3: -hmm. we all
0: know they're also taking selfies. So... What are your tricks for that? Because I have found some people really have it down. Like they know exactly where to put their arm and their hand mm-hmm. and their whatever, and they seem to be able to create these great shots. And other people, I'm not naming mm-hmm. names, but my husband,
3: Me. literally, like, Me. no matter what he
0: does, like his head's giant on the end. And.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, some of those things uh, you're not going to be able to combat because, again, it's it's the physics regarding the lens on those smartphones. Uh, The front selfie camera, it's a wide-angle lens in most cases, so right out the bat it's going to create a little bit of distortion. So that's why when you look at some people's selfies, their heads look swollen. (laughs) I hate saying it like that. And that's because of the lens distortion. Um, And you can't really do much about it other than being someone like me that has really long arms (laughs) further away you hold the camera out that distortion starts to diminish just a little bit so it'll look a little bit better and
2: if you don't have that person available don't be the person on the end because your shoulders are going to look like a linebacker exactly (laughs) i've been that person in many pictures
3: yeah and, and and my my first tip though is always make sure your angle is eye level, or just a touch above shooting at a lower angle brings on a lot of different, um, uh, unflattering images, if you will. Yeah. A lot of people don't like how they'll see extra chins and extra cheeks right. and things like that. And, and it's got nothing to do with you. It's just the way you held that, that, that camera and the angle, and it's looking up, it'll do it every single time. So I always try to shoot at eye level or slightly above. If you go too high above, then it's going to look really weird. It'll make you look like um, Oompa Loompa or something somewhere <laughs> and just a little too short <laughs> in the rest of your world. And you start to deal with more of that distortion. But eye level and definitely just a touch above. And always have your light source in front of you. Uh, a lot of people try to take selfies outside and they have the sun behind them. And, and it creates this crazy looking silhouette. Turn around, let the sun hit you in the face just a little bit, and it'll light you up and make you look a lot better. Um, And if you're indoors, which a lot of parents are indoors right now, um, try to get next to a window. Uh, A window is going to give you some beautiful what's what's called diffuse lighting, which is a softer version of the light that's going to come through. So it's going to make your skin just sort of have a nice natural glow to it. But again, use it to where the light is facing you and not behind you.
1: You just talked about my favorite pet peeve, my big pet peeve. Whenever we're with a group of people and they take a picture and they're like holding it, you know, at chest level, the camera at chest level, I always say, can you raise the phone raise up, it up higher, please? <laughs> <laughs> can you please shoot up here? Worst angle ever.
3: Yes, it is. It is. I don't know why people do that. Uh, I, I I try to tell people, no, stop. Let me let me help you here. <laughs>
0: So let's, there's, so there's a big problem that everyone has that we talked about in the very, very beginning, which is that. We all have literally thousands of pictures. Oh, yeah. And sometimes, I mean, I know like when my daughters were little, we used to put everything on Shutterfly and then Google Photos came mm-hmm. out and then Amazon, we, we've got photos everywhere.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I don't even know anymore what's duplicate, what's, what's single, where <laughs> everything is. What is the best way, you know, how should people be storing their stuff in the cloud? Um, like what's inexpensive, what's easy? And then once it's there... What should we be doing with them?
3: Well, you do have a lot of different options from a cloud standpoint. Um, services like Shutterfly and things like that, they were great. Um, I personally would stick more with Google Photos because Google's business is mm, data and, and, and tracking and keeping up with everything that you do. I know that can sound a little bit creepy, but <laughs> it is actually quite useful From a photography standpoint, Um, I shoot a lot uh, of of football games and things like that uh, just just, you know, just for fun, if you will. And if I am looking for a particular football game, I can literally go to the web browser or just pop open the app on my phone and type in, say, Clemson. And it's going to pull up every image that I shot in Clemson, and it's going to allow me to scroll through a timeline if I'm looking for a particular month. And it does it pretty easily and pretty quickly for me because my smartphone has um, geolocation turned on because everybody has to use Google Maps or Apple Maps or whatever it is, so that it's automatically tracking your location, and your camera has that same GPS built right in. So every time you take a snap it knows where you were when you took that photo. Google just does a great job of categorizing and indexing all of that information for you behind the scenes without you even thinking about it. You don't have to go in and put in tags or keywords, or anything like that when you shoot it because Google is already doing that for you and it's doing it for free.
1: And what I love about that is it's also using facial recognition and organizing people into their own albums. So if you're searching for a particular person, um, you can just search that person and you can see all the pictures of that person. But tell me this, if I then mm-hmm. want to share that photo somewhere, if I want to post it on Facebook or send it to someone, that's a little mm-hmm. cumbersome in Google Photos.
3: Yeah, Google is trying to lock that down, I guess. I'm not sure. I've found a few, few, few times where it's a little bit annoying. Um, what happens is when you go to share it out, it gives you an option to share a link to the image instead of the actual image itself. And I don't particularly care for that. And a lot of viewers, they don't care for that extra step. When you post it, they want to see it posted right then. They don't want to have to click through to see something else and things like that. It's just an extra step. Um, The only way that I've gotten around it is there's a menu option buried inside of Google photos that allows you to download it uh, back to your device. On the iOS side, it's a little bit clunky because the iOS file system is clunky (laughs) in itself. Um, But on the Android side, there is a there is an option to download it and it'll take it back to your downloads folder or back to your pictures folder to where you can pop onto Facebook or whatever service that you'd like to share it on and pull up the actual image file itself instead of a link to it. It's a little bit clunky to do all of that, but it is worth it from an image quality standpoint, and it is worth it from the viewer's standpoint to just give, him, give them what they want right then without an extra hoop to jump through.
1: That would be so great. Um, So you mentioned downloading it. And as Rebecca said, we have like duplicates. So many times I've just moved pictures from my phone to my computer and then I do it again. And I probably have five different copies of the same photo (laughs) in different places. Uh Does anyone make one of those programs where you run them all through and it shows you your duplicates, like the way you can do with your contacts?
3: Well, Google tries to do that with its Photos app on the computer, it'll try to pull up duplicates for you within its web interface. But it's, again, it's a little bit clunky at times. They're still trying to refine that and make it a little bit better. Flickr is an old service it's not free anymore they do have a they do have a free version which means you can only put so many images out there Flickr will go through and and look up duplicates for you and and it'll let you know hey this is a duplicate image do you want to get rid of it do you want to merge it things like that Um, so you can help it out from a organization standpoint but i think the paid version of Flickr has now gone up to like uh ten dollars a month um I don't recommend that for people that aren't necessarily photography professionals and need to have uh, a catalog like that. Um, but it is an option if you want.
2: There is software. I, I have some, I can't remember the exact name of it, but I'll, I'll find it before we post this. It's like duplicate photo cleaner or something like that. And it will run through your entire hard drive and, find photos that match up visually and then you can like mm. go through and you know delete the ones because i'm i'm that person who has every photo in like 17 places it's ridiculous <laughs> so i need to do that again i need to go because i'm sure that i'm, backups wasting, of backups. I'm, I'm wasting so well, much
3: storage well see but that was another thing it, it's when we're talking about the cloud um, services, a lot of times you're going to get these these duplicate images um, because you're thinking, oh, man, I forgot to upload it to cloud mm-hmm. service. A," And, and so you, you start pulling back in these images and just recreating files and it can be pretty confusing uh, over time. So but it it takes a little bit of effort to figure out what your actual workflow is as far as um When you snap the photo, what you're going to do with it after you snap it, are you going to edit it or are you just going to post it? Are you going to save it to your computer or are you just going to keep it on your phone? Are you going to just push it straight up to Google photos or, you know, it's a lot to consider. Um, My workflow
2: is all of those. Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) My workflow is panic
2: because I want to make sure I don't lose my copies. So I make sure that there are 10 copies. Put it in
1: every place.
3: And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing, nothing wrong with that because, uh, even though these giant cloud services are giant cloud services, they are prone to attack. They are prone to failure because no one's perfect. Um, I mean, how many times have you all been on Facebook or Instagram and all of a sudden the service just goes down mm-hmm. and it, it goes down for a couple minutes? Um, it happens. It's just, it is what it is. So if you can protect yourself and have a copy of your image on your computer, as well as in the cloud, as well as on, say, like a flash drive or, or you know something that you can uh, remove from your computer so it's not necessarily attached that's that's three different copies and they're all in three different areas and they're going to be independent of each other if one service goes down. If you lose the internet connection and can't get to the cloud, it's okay you have it stored locally on your computer. If your computer happens to crash because we all know computers do crash mm-hmm. and you lose a hard drive, that's okay. I had it backed up on this external hard drive too.
0: How about making a photo book? <laughs> like, how about? <laughs> like, because here's that's my thing is that mm-hmm. uh, my sister-in-law is really good at this. Like she makes a photo book after like every vacation and everything. And at the end of the day, I never go into the cloud to look at my old photos. Like maybe once mm-hmm. in a while if I have to put something together um, or mm-hmm. like on our Fire Stick, that's our screensaver on our TV is just like the pictures it's pulling from Amazon. But that's other awesome. than that, it's sad. Like, I, I I, never look at pictures, and I think it's because we stopped making photo albums. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have... I mean, I've kind of used Shutterfly forever, and now, I mm-hmm. don't know, their quality was very hit and miss. Like, is there an easy way to sort of create photo books, maybe from Google Photos, that it mm-hmm. you could sort Google, by date or sort by whatever and have it done?
3: Google makes it really easy. It, it actually tries to proactively make a photo book for you. If it realizes, um, I shot a bunch of images at X location on X day, the AI says, Hmm, maybe we could take all of these images that were shot within the same hour (laughs) at the same location. This may have been some sort of event. So it will try to proactively make a photo book for that, for that event for you. Um, but you can also just sort of mix and, mix and match with its service as well. Uh, I believe Apple has a service similar to that, but Google's, I've seen their images. I've seen their prints. They do a really good job, really good job. And the pricing is 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 legit. It's not going to break the bank. But if you don't want to go that route, I highly recommend an app called Free Prints. Um, and what it is, it gives you, I want to say 50 free prints of four by six photos. Um and you just upload them from your phone and you just pay for shipping. It gives you fifty free prints per month. And my kids, they use it all the time. My son is an aspiring photographer. As a matter of fact, I think he's pretty daggum good. So he takes a lot of his images on his phone and he prints them out pretty regularly. He just pays for the shipping and he makes a couple collages and sends them out and he's got things, you know, put up in his room and decorative around the house and It's a nice service for, you know, a couple four by sixes and didn't cost you anything. And the print quality is really good.
1: Oh, that's great. That's amazing. That's really good to know. I mean... I mean, listen, I go back to the days of, you know, taking pictures in your phone and walking up to the drugstore and sending them out and then getting duplicates yes. for free, you <laughs> yes. know, and then mm-hmm. you, you get your whole roll of 36 and 20 of them, you've got your finger over or your son took yep. it, you know, baby <laughs> took the picture and you, so you get maybe three good pictures out of it. So <laughs> we've come a long way.
3: Definitely. Definitely. I
1: do want to ask a question about quality. Mm hmm. You know, you talk about Google Photos. I use Google Photos. But Rebecca just mentioned Amazon. And correct me if I'm wrong, but Google Photos doesn't save your photos in their original resolution, whereas Amazon does. Is that correct? Partly. And how important is that to have the original resolution?
3: That's, that's partly correct. Um, Google will save your full resolution um, images for a small fee. Um, uh. I believe it's, I believe it's $10 a month for storage. Otherwise it gives you what they call air quotes, high quality <laughs> <laughs> images. It's not full resolution, but it's somewhat close to full resolution. If you're printing out uh four by sixes, five by sevens, they're good enough for that, uh, what Amazon is offering is definitely better because it's flat out full resolution, just as, just as what you put up there, no compression or anything like that. So yeah, Amazon is definitely better on that standpoint, but Uh, for
1: the average person and just to print, it's fine to use high, high quality.
3: Right. Um, because you're, you're printing on such a small canvas, if you will, uh, think about if you're watching TV, uh, remember when we had the HD TV craze finally hit the scene and we didn't have any HD content. Um, and you put the, the smaller, version of the content on that HD screen and you stretched it out, it looked really weird. You know, it's pretty much the same thing when it comes to photography. It's all about the size of the canvas. If you're trying to squeeze, you know, a lot of data in a small canvas, it's going to look really, really good. But if you just have an average amount of data to put on that small canvas, it's still going to look good.
0: Great. Well, this is so helpful. I think this is a lot of information. (laughs) <laughs> now I
3: have to, like, think and oh, man, I didn't want to overwhelm anyone. No, oh it's goodness.
0: not overwhelming at all. It's good. We, no, thank you for covering so many points. I mean, you know, we went from like the nitty gritty to the cloud to the printing. I think we covered everything parents could like want to know, I hope. But thank you so much for being on with us today. This was really great.
3: Oh, it's my pleasure. I, I I do want to say one more thing though. Right now, it's it's pretty stressful for people with with everything that's going on in our world and the sickness. Um, I highly recommend just taking that that smartphone that you have. Uh, you're cooped up in the house all day. Have some fun with it. Have some fun with with doing little mini photo shoots of your family in the house. You don't have to have a ton of equipment. You just need one light source and just a little bit of patience with your model and just, just have some fun with it. Even if it's just your dogs, just have some fun with it and and get really creative and it won't have to cost you a lot of money.
0: That's a great tip. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today.
3: Thank you for having me ladies. Thank Thank you.
0: (laughs) We'll be right back with our bites of the week. We are back with our bites of the week. Amy, what do you have? Well, To
2: nobody's surprise, I have another food-related thing, because that's all I'm thinking about these days. Um, This is a podcast hosted by two of my favorite people, um, Samin Nosrat, who we've talked about a lot on this show. She's the author of Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, both uh, the book and then um, star of the Netflix series, and uh, Harishi Hirway, who co-hosted West Wing Weekly, Um, one of my favorite podcasts. And they have teamed up for what is sadly a limited podcast. Um, Although, you know, let's all go online and bug them to add more episodes. But they did four episodes about cooking from home during quarantine, um, called Home Cooking. And um, you can find it just by, you know, whatever podcast app you use, going to Home Cooking or um, homecooking.show is their website. And they're also selling a really cute uh, refrigerator magnet that they're, you know, they're, they're giving all the proceeds to charity during the quarantine. Um, but it's adorable. The four, I listened to all four episodes They are charming and funny and they crack each other up. And if you were a fan of West Wing Weekly, the puns are all there. Harishi is just (laughs) like, oh, my God, with the puns. It's hilarious. Um, And they have guests, Uh, you know, everybody from Stella Parks, who is my favorite baking goddess to um, W. Kamau Bell. They had Rishi's dad on because he's a uh, he's like a food safety scientist and they had um, Yo-Yo Ma. So really eclectic group of guests. And the best part is it's family friendly. You could totally listen to this with your kids no matter how old they are. There was one kind of um, questionable pun that would go right over the heads of of children. Other than that, 100% family-friendly and really interesting. So highly recommend it called Home Cooking.
1: Ooh, and family-friendly is uh, what we need right now since yep. <laughs> families yeah. are. going to be listening to whatever
0: you're listening <laughs> to. Because you can't escape. Um, all right, Andrea. Uh,
1: okay. So for all you people who've been home trying to uh, maybe get some stuff done on your computer or move computers or learn how to Zoom, um, I don't know. I've gotten a lot of those tech support calls, like, can you help me do this? I'm looking for this. I can't get my email to do this. How do I get on Zoom? Um, and a company that I have worked with, support.com, um, first of all, they're a great company. They do online virtual tech support, and um, they basically you know, walk you through whatever it is that you need done um, they do virtual house calls. They cover all the devices all the way to your smart TV and your router. Um, anyway, right now they're offering a 30-day free trial. So if you're home and you've got time and you've always wanted to figure out how to fix that, whatever it is on your computer that's driving you crazy, um, this is the time to do it. And it's also a great idea for a gift. For you know, I know we talked about Mother's Day already. Oh, my but, God. It's, um, that's
0: exactly what I was just thinking. Yeah. I, I'm <laughs> getting it for my late, mom right but
1: now. But honestly, if you haven't done that Mother's Day gift yet, if you go to support.com, there is literally a button there that says, want to buy a gift? And you can send somebody a gift subscription.
2: Oh, my God. It's like a gift for yourself if you it's, send yes. it to a parent right, exactly, or Exactly. Because you 100%. get them
1: the subscription and then they never have to call you again so I love it. it's 9.99 a month a hundred dollars for a year so a hundred dollars for peace of mind for the next year so that you don't have to answer those tech support questions oh, um, that's a steal. and the best news of course is that right now if you're in a pinch and you're trying to figure out how to work from home or why your wi-fi is slow or whatever uh, it's a month free so it's like a win-win situation
0: Oh my God, it's the best thing i ever heard. (laughs) I'm
1: so excited.
0: (laughs) You don't even know what my week has been like. I really could have used that.
1: Well, Um, and that's the thing. (laughs) I've been doing it with people all over the place because they know I understand tech. And it's like, God, I wish I could just like tell them, hey, call this 800 number. Oh,
0: 100%. And also like, I think people, um, you know, we thought about buying my mother-in-law an Echo show because we thought it would be easier than she really is, can't figure out FaceTime on her phone. Like, she just right. has really hard time. That we thought, if we could just drop in and I'll be there. And then we thought, who's going to set that up in right. her assisted living place? Like, nobody. Right. So if we could have that, <laughs> maybe it would work. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. If you're buying a digital frame for somebody, yeah. you know, whatever it is, well, you know they they're going to need help.
1: They do a remote – like, they don't come in person. But right, they do no, a better. remote no, session. Just to like, talk them through? Well, yeah, exactly. Right now, you don't want anyone in your house. But what I like about this is it's not just to talk you through. It's like if you just get to the point where, oh, my God, I just can't do it, they can take control of your computer. You oh. give them permission. And um, you give them permission at that time. Each time, they take control of the computer. They do whatever it is. They clean out the cookies, whatever it is you need them to do. And then they disconnect that remote connection. That's the yeah. best.
0: Best thing ever. All right, (laughs) we're done. Now I'm going to do my bite. No, Um, so uh, my bite this week is very practical, but people, you have to get on it. It is the census. Um, You go to 2020census.gov. You have to do the census. It takes five minutes. I did it. You do it online. If you do it online, guess what? You won't have someone knocking on your door starting in August to find you and do the census. The census determines how much money the area you live gets. It determines your congressional representation. It, it is so many things here in New York. If you are in New York, if you're in any metropolitan area, please do your census. Um, and we learned today, Amy and I were on a call about the census. Down the line, it's those numbers are going to help determine vaccine distribution. Mm. Guess what? <laughs> you want vaccines... You know, she was saying part of the reason New York got shortchanged with PPE funding, all that stuff, is because of how underrepresented our last census count was in 2010. So please, please, please fill out the census and ask your neighbor, ask all your family members if they've done it. It takes five minutes. None of your data can be used for anything other than the census. And I just, it's just so important. Harass everyone you know to do the census. It took Um, five
1: minutes, literally.
0: It's five minutes. It's not a lot of nosy questions. Like you give more information to like Google when you get an email. Like just (laughs) do the census. Um, So that is my bite for today.
2: And just a reminder that it is absolutely 100% illegal for anybody in the government to share your information, whether it's about citizenship or anything else.
0: Right. Or housing status. I know in my sister's neighborhood, people don't want to answer, honestly, because they have maybe more than what they're supposed to have living in their apartment. They might have six people when maybe the apartment's for four or whatever it is. They can't use that against you. Um, So please fill out the census. Anyway, that is our show for today. You can find links to everything we talked about at parentingbites.com. Please go to our show page, facebook.com parentingbites to leave us comments. Let us know what you'd like to hear about. You can always share posts from there as well. Rate, review, subscribe, and share from wherever you're listening to this right now. And that's it. Like, we love to hear from you guys. We hope you're healthy and well. And until next week, happy parenting. Bye. Bye. this is our Parenting Bytes disclaimer. Everything we talk about on the show is our own opinion. Any products we recommend, it's our own personal recommendation for entertainment purposes only. If you buy something through our affiliate links or you just happen to buy or see or read or watch something that we've recommended, it's at your own risk.